Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 78 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Section 4. Means to Get and Preserve True Peace If you would have peace and comfort in your souls, then first and chiefly you must get and cherish the Spirit of God in you, that it may speak peace to you and may give you matter for your spirit to work upon, whereby you may conclude you are in God's favor. For, though I grant that you can have no sure evidences of your adoption, say whatever can be said, until your spirits can witness that you are God's children, yet your spirits are not to be trusted in their witnessing, but only so far as the Spirit of God does witness to your spirits that it is so, that you are indeed his children." Whatsoever comfortable apprehension a man may have in himself of his good estate in grace, he can have no true joy and comfort but by the Holy Ghost, whose proper work it is to comfort, and who is therefore called the Comforter, John fourteen sixteen. For by him only a man can know and by him a man may know the things which are given him of God. 1 Corinthians 2.12 But it will be said, The Spirit blows where it lists. How is it possible for any man by any means to get it? In respect of man's own ability, it is as impossible for him to obtain the divine Spirit to dwell and work in his heart, as it was for their, those impotent folk who lay waiting at the pool of Bethesda for the angels coming to move the waters, to cause the said moving of the waters. Yet they waited, the waters were moved, and they that continued patiently waiting at the pool were benefited. John 5, 3 and 4. Thus, if men will wait in the use of the means wherein and whereby God does give and continue his Holy Spirit to men, they may hope to enjoy this unspeakable blessing. The first means to get the Spirit is humility. To be sensible of the loss of that which you once had in Adam, you must mourn and hunger, and thirst after the Spirit. Matthew 5, 3-6 through six. If you will do thus, you may hope to receive the Spirit, for God saith that he will pour water upon him that is thirsty, etc. I will pour my Spirit upon thy seed, saith he to the church. Isaiah 44, 3. Secondly, that your heart may be stirred up, to long for the Spirit, you must know that there is a Holy Ghost, and not only so, but you must know him to be God, and you must believe him to be the Comforter, 
and give him this honor and glory as to believe in him and conceive of him as the proper author of sanctification and comfort. This is the way to have the Spirit and to be sure of it, that you have it. Our Savior saith that the not knowing or believing hereof is the cause why the world received not the Spirit. John fourteen seventeen. Thirdly, be constant and diligent in waiting for the having and for the increase of the gifts of the Spirit in the holy exercises of religion as reading and meditating on the Word of God, especially on the blessed truths and promises of the gospel, etc. You must wait for it in the motions and stirring of God's Word in you by God's means. Then, as Cornelius and his company received it at Peter's sermon, Acts ten forty four. And as the Galatians, at the hearing of faith, Galatians 3, 5, so may you. For the gospel is called the ministry of the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3, 6, 8. Fourthly, pray for the Spirit. And that though you cannot pray well without the Spirit, yet since it is God's will that you should pray for it, Set about prayer for it as well as you can. Then God will enable you to pray for the Spirit, and you shall have it. For Christ saith, If ye that are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Luke eleven thirteen. As these are means to get the Spirit, so they are means to continue, nourish, and increase the graces of the Spirit. Fifthly, if you would keep and nourish the Spirit, you must take part with it in its conflicts with the flesh and sin. You must not resist, but willingly receive the comforts and motions of the Spirit and must do your best to bring forth the fruits of the Spirit. You must take heed that you neither grieve nor quench the Spirit. It is grieved when it is resisted, crossed, or opposed any way. Ephesians 4, 30 and 31, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 and 20. It is quenched as fire is, first by throwing on water. All sinful actions, as they be greater or smaller, are as water. They do accordingly more or less quench and abate the Spirit's operations. Secondly, fire may be quenched and put out by withdrawing of wood and fuel. All neglect or neg negligent using of the word sacraments, prayer, meditation, and holy conference, and communion of saints, do much offend and quench the Spirit, whereas the daily and diligent use of all these, through his concurring grace, does much increase and strengthen the life of God in the soul, 
whence must needs follow much peace and comfort. Now, when you have gotten this Holy Spirit and have any proofs of the Holy Spirit's being in you, then you ought to rest satisfied in the Spirit's witness to your spirit. Your spirit should doubt no more, for even in this that God has given you his Spirit, the very being of it in you is a real proof and the greatest confirmation that can be of your being in a state of grace. For when you have this Spirit, you are anointed. 1 John 2.27 What greater confirmation would you have of being made kings and priests to God? Revelation 1.6 You are also, by this Spirit, sealed to the day of redemption. Ephesians 4.30 What greater confirmation can there be of God's covenant and of his will and testament towards you. It is likewise the earnest of your inheritance, 2 Corinthians one twenty two, Ephesians one fourteen, which gives present being and the beginning to the enjoyment of the blessings and is the sure evidence of the full possession in due time. You are so surely God's when he has given you his spirit, that unless you can think he will lose his spirit, the earnest of which he gave you, you can have no cause to think that he will lose or not fulfill the promise of salvation made unto you, whereof his spirit is the earnest and part of the covenant. This spirit does witness to a man that he is the child of God two ways. First, by immediate witness and suggestion. Secondly, by necessary inferences, by signs from the infallible fruits of the said spirit, by which latter witness you may know the former to be a true testimony from God's spirit, the spirit of adoption, and not from a spirit of error and presumption. For this spirit of adoption is a spirit of grace and supplication. Zechariah 12.10, Romans 8.26. It is a spirit of holy fear, Isaiah 61.3. And it is a spirit of holy joy, Acts 8.8. Where it does testify that you are God's children, there it will give you new hearts, causing you to desire and endeavor to live like God's children in reverent fear and love, leading you in the right way, checking you and calling you back from the way of sin, stirring you up to prayer with sighs, desires, and inward groans at least making you to confess your sins and to ask and hope for pardon in the name of Christ, Galatians 5.22, Acts 24.16, Isaiah 30.21. And it will still be quickening and strengthening you in the ways of godliness 
and giving you no rest if you walk not therein. Thus much of the first and principal means of getting true peace and comfort. Secondly, if you would have the invaluable jewel of peace, then abstain as much as possible from all gross and presumptuous sins and from the allowance of any sin. For sin will produce fear even as the shadow follows the body. And the more sin, the more guilt. And the less sin, the less guilt. Now, the less guilt lies upon the conscience, the more peace. Psalm fifty-one, fourteen. This concludes episode 78 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk. <laughs>